have a collect call from an inmate at the Washington Correctional Center. To accept the call, press 5. There's nothing like waking up to the sound of clacking and buzzing as the doors crack in the morning after count clears. Waking up to the reality of life in prison. For some, it is just a stop along their journey, a milepost, an experience. For others, it is a revolving door, in and out, in and out, and that's their way of life, stuck in the cycle, pulling and eating away at them. And then for some, it becomes their destination as the hammer came down and that judge issued them a death sentence. The slow way, by way of life in prison. This is the life of a lifer by Taylor Conley. Hello, friends and family. Thank you for joining us today. Today we have a great show for you. And I would like to let you know a little bit about what we got going on lately here at Design Conviction with the Life of a Lifer. As you know, Design Conviction is all about publishing, putting people out there, and promoting them that are incarcerated as well as people who get out after being incarcerated and do something with their life. So what we've done is we've created a magazine that goes out to the inside individuals, people that are incarcerated, and this is going out across the country and is in most prisons across the country. And what we've done is run a contest. Our contest allows people to enter it in in different categories. So. The categories include things like artwork, different variations of artwork, different crafts, different writing, different music. You can do basically whatever you can think of doing that's positive and constructive things with your time that you've developed a talent for. These are some of the things that you can enter into the contest. So we had a pretty good turnout. We had several people enter multiple different stuff, and we had winners. And our idea is to publish the winners in the Outside Magazine. So the first edition of the Outside Magazine is coming soon. This magazine will showcase that talent, as well as let you know about different stories of stuff that's going on. and tell you about design conviction and, and showcase design conviction and what we're doing and bringing those talents out to the world. We are unlocking designs to the world. That's what design conviction is about and that's what we're doing. So we're really excited to be bringing this next week or the week after that at the latest. So we'll have this magazine will be online as well as in print. And so, you know, Feel free to go ahead and order it. You can get it on designconviction.com. Place your order. 
you can order a single copy or multiple copies. And if you're with an organization and you feel like this is something that you're interested in, we have worked with other organizations and are willing to promote them as well. And we're, we're looking to have support and gain sponsorship to be able to get this further out, to be able to promote the good works and the good talent. Because without that, all these people, they're just going to get out and they're going to do the same thing. You know, there, there has to be some sort of a thing in place to be able to do something with the talent because there's so much talent locked away in here and creating this platform in my vision and in the vision of the people that's working with Design Conviction is to take that out to the world and to be able to do something, to create something to where we instill some type of a confidence, some type of something into people that they have value, you know? And so today I'm proud to be able to introduce somebody who along the way has joined up with Design Conviction and is working with us. Now, along with my wife, Cecilia, she is assisting and, and helping in many ways. And this woman has taken on the task of really jumping into this. And she sees the vision and she sees that, wow, there really is people in here. We're not just talking about a number. We're not just a number in here. These men and women that are serving the rest of their life in prison as well as people that are getting out, you know, they're considered the scum of society. We, we are the people that are lost and forgotten about. And so in many cases, people have made significant changes. People are not the same people that they were when they entered, especially younger people who grow up. And so this person, she has taken on the role of really being a uh, contributor as well as a correspondent and she will be doing interviews for us here on Life of a Lifer and so having said that I am very proud to introduce the one the only Salty Candace and today she will be interviewing an individual who has spent the last 12 years incarcerated and he is going to be telling his story about how he is an innocent man who was wrongfully convicted. So without further ado, Salty Candace. Hello and welcome to another edition of Life of a Lifer brought to you by Design Conviction. My name is Candace and today we're interviewing George Powell, a Texas man who has served 11 years with a 28-year sentence for robbery he insists he did not commit. George's case was featured in a Netflix original documentary series, Exhibit A, that premiered at the end of June in 2019. The series was an exploration into the American criminal justice system through the uncertainties of forensic science, revealing how often flawed or misapplied science can lead to wrongful convictions. After a set of hearings, summer with a new legal representation from the Innocence Project of Texas, a legal organization that fights wrongful convictions, 
George's conviction was vacated by the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals due to prosecutorial misconduct. George was moved back to the Bell County Jail from, from Gatesville Prison early Monday morning, and the previous bond of 500000 was reinstated. Hello, George, and thank you for agreeing to join us on our podcast for Design Conviction, Life of a Lifer. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing okay. I'm I'm enduring a situation under the least favorable circumstances possible. So mm-hmm. if it wasn't for my strength and my belief and my faith, then I would be doing a lot worse. But yeah. I, but I'm on a journey to master myself and to become everything that I need to be for everybody else. Sweet, sweet. Can you talk about how you were able to cope all this time, 10, almost 11 years behind bars, and how did you use your time? During my 11 years, almost 12 years. 11, 12. I knew you'd correct me. (laughs) (laughs) I was uncertain. It's okay. It's okay. How did I cope with it? Let me tell you this. It hasn't been 11, almost 12 years. It has been one long day there's a constant oppression in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice there are no perks you know every every everywhere you turn whether it's staff or my peers it's constant adversity opposition crossouts setups slandering Manipulation, deception, it's, it's, it hasn't been easy, mm-hmm. but coping with it is many different things. And I am a man of God, and I believe in the Word of God. So mm-hmm. there's a scripture that comes to my mind, which is Romans 8.28, which says, All things work to the good for those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. And because I know that this is just a chapter to the the final, I am just embracing it and and I'm trying to grow and develop because of it. My faith and trust in God is going to lead me out of here and then I'm going to be able to be out there utilizing everything I've learned in here to help people out. So that's that's how I cope with it. I, I use it as an educational opportunity to grow and develop. That is an amazing perspective, and I love how you've taken the negative, you know, and this is huge negative, and turned it into something that is positive for you and for other people who come across you. That's amazing. Yes, yes, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. So how would you best describe the effect that uh, music has had on you while you've been incarcerated? Was it like a source of therapy, an outlet, a frustration? How did music, your love of music, affect you while you've been in there? I'm so blessed because I have this gift and this talent to be able to take my observations and my thoughts 
feelings, my ideas, my perspectives, the reality of many different situations, my hopes, my dreams, and most importantly, the needs of others. What everybody has a need, everybody has a want, and people need help. People want mm -hmm. help, and that's what I use utilize my gifts and my talent for with my music. So it has my music has played a part where I I visualize myself in the future. And I'm writing these songs in the past. And from the past I'm I'm bringing everything I've learned. So I can be the most benefit for each and every person that hears what I do. So I'm not really using my music for me as much as I am using it for the people that surround me, people that are hopeless and in distraught and in despair. It's the most important thing that needs to happen. So my music has is everything that you could define it in every single way. My music has been a vehicle to get me from point A to point B through this situation. Okay? And I am eager to record these songs that I've written and eager to keep writing more songs to lift people up out of their situations and to change life as we know it. So that's why my music is more than just filling up pages. I've written thousands of pages. I've written many, many songs, and it's all coming to a point where my music is now revolution music, defining freedom, exposing injustice, changing lives, and giving hope to the hopeless. That's how you define my music. The way I, way I used it to cope with, I'm going to help other people to cope with what they're going dealing with through my music. And this is why when I saw your story and I listened to your music and I researched you and I heard the lyrics that I knew we just needed to interview you, that you needed to be a part of this. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. We really appreciate you. So how would you describe the struggle of being a musical artist and not being allowed to express it, not being allowed to record it, just being allowed to write it? How, how has that struggle been? Imagine a football player who's been playing football since flag football, since he was a kid. Got to middle school, played for the school, high school, got into college, got a starting position, NFL teams interested in him, he gets drafted first round, gets a beautiful, gets beautiful response from the people, and then all of a sudden, something takes it away from him. That is exactly how I feel. And there's nothing you can do about it when people get in your way from exercising your gifts and your talents. And it is the most 
depressive situation that a person can go through when because it's only music so I have been dealing with the fact that I can't record what I'm what I've written and it and it, and, it, and all it does is makes me stronger it makes my I focus more clearly on what I need to say and how I need to say it so so it's 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 been it's been a struggle but I know one thing and I have to quote Romans 8.28 again, that all things work to the good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. But also Second Chronicles 16.9, watch this. He says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. So I know it's all going to work out. I'm about to rise up out of the situation, and I'm going to hit that studio. The universe has everything I need sitting right in front of me, ready for me to come and enjoy those opportunities. So the frustration doesn't amount to the joy that's coming. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. I don't know if I would... If I was in the same position, if I would mentally be able to come full circle around it and see the positive in it like you have, then I commend you on that. I really do. Yes, you would. Yes, you would, young lady. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, I saw on the Netflix documentary that uh, you said upon your release that you would like to start a movement based on music, positivity, and supporting the wrongfully convicted in prison reform. Can you tell us a bit more about that, how that would look, and how you would like it to look when you get out? Unfortunately, we live in a day and age where people have been deceived. They've been distracted. Everybody has something that lures them away from their responsibilities and their priorities. And when I talk about movement forward slash revolution, we have to remember that this government has facilitated infinite channels to lead the people into their temptations. This movement is meant to awaken people. I can't come at people with religion. Mm -hmm. That's not my calling. There are ministers all around this world. That's their calling. My calling is to shake people awake. So the movement has got to be Sharp, where it cuts to the bone, where people understand that this is no more, that this is no time to play around any longer. Our lives are at stakes. Look at the climate of the world. Look at the climate of our government. Look at the climate of society. Everything is destabilized. We are hanging on by a thread. We as a world, we as a country, we're hanging on by a thread. Um, 
Everything is upside down and inside out. So, our government, it has, they have gained the power. They have gained the control. The people have voted because every two to four years there's an election. We're forced to vote. But all the candidates, I'm not going to say all of them, I'm going to say 99% of the candidates are not for the people. They're for the position and for the power. Okay. So they say what they need to say, what they want to say, and they selected few votes, the electoral vote, is what puts them in office and power. Okay? Mm -hmm. And this movement is the beginnings of a new declaration of independence due to the long train of abuses and the tyranny that our government is acting on, acting in. Okay? There's no question about it. So, the wrongfully convicted and the prisons and the whole criminal justice system is a byproduct of what's going on with our government. Because the people in our societies, like I said before, are, are basically just material for the government to generate revenue. Mm -hmm. Okay? The ones that are wrongfully convicted are already incarcerated, already have a prison record, probation, parole, okay, on the run, bonds, bails, uh, all of those instances. There's people out there that have not been charged with anything. Whether it's a small misdemeanor or a high felony, okay? Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are next. They're right. the ones... Yes, they're the ones that the government's focused on next. So if they can't get them in a criminal way, they're going to get them with taxes, fees. They're going to create regulations and ordinances to generate revenue that way. So exactly. whether what side of the law you're on, it doesn't make a difference. Our mm -hmm. government is coming for your pockets. Because that's what it is. Our government has created a $22 trillion debt. Everybody, do you understand what $22 trillion is? I'm a, yeah. If I can, now please give a quick explanation. There's 350 million people in America. Okay? If everybody mm -hmm. had a dollar in America, that'd just be $350 million. If everybody mm -hmm. had $3 in their pocket, that would be short of... Or that'd just be a little bit over a trillion dollars. I mean, a, a billion dollars, pardon me. Mm -hmm. So, a billion dollars is nothing because it takes a thousand billions to make one trillion. So, if, for, in order for 350 million people to have, to generate just one trillion dollars, we need a lot more than three dollars a piece. Definitely. Okay. Now check this out. We're $22 trillion in debt. And each and every person across this country in our, in America has their own individual debts. They also have to have their, have their daily expenses and monthly expenses. So America cannot bail out the country. The people cannot bail out the country, excuse me, the representatives that created this debt for the people. So mm -hmm. what 
We are in trouble, Candace. We are in trouble. Yeah, I agree, George. Okay, so, so that's what my music is surrounding. That's what it's based on. I have got the revelation. And I am trying not to scare people. I'm trying to unify people. So, so that's, 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 that's what my, that's what my focus is. Now, prison reform and the wrongfully, wrongfully convicted, I need the people that are locked up to reach out to us. Design conviction. Mm-hmm. Me, George and Powell the Third, also known as Nicola Revolution. I need people across this country to reach out to us, so mm-hmm. we can strategize what needs to be done for criminal justice reform. Exactly. If they exactly. would have not wrongfully convicted me, if they would have not oppressed me and took away almost twelve years of my life. This movement would not have happened. So it's a blessing that this happened to me. I love it. I'm embracing it. And it may take it may take more years before I get to start on this movement. But before I die, this movement will happen. Wow. That is that is such a great outlook that you have, I really do. To hear to hear you say I love it and I embrace it and I welcome it. Because it's Thank you very much. That's just extremely powerful. It's our movement. It's our movement. It is not George Powell's movement. This is the people's movement. Mm-hmm. America is supposed to be the people. So, uh, George, if it was in your power, what would be the first thing you would change for the inmates behind bars? Okay. The number one thing that we need, whether you did it or not, I don't care if you're in prison for something you did or something you didn't do. We all need rehabilitation. Rehabilitation, the definition of it is to restore to rank, reputation, etc., which one has lost. To put back in good condition. To bring or restore to a state of health, constructive activity, etc. Right? Right. And their synonyms are... To restore, improve, reestablish, renew. Okay? And rehabilitation synonyms are rebuilding, reestablishment, and remaking. So the number one thing that has to happen, what I would do for the inmates, is to offer them rehabilitative programs. Unfortunately, the units across this country that have these so-called rehabilitative programs are not rehabilitating people right? because they're not set up to rehabilitate anybody. They throw out some good ideas, okay, this sounds good, but the truth about the matter is there's no follow-up. So you give somebody some knowledge, and they're not even equipped to possess the knowledge and take it and and rebuild with it because... They got into prison in that situation because they didn't have the fundamentals to make it to begin with in one way or another. Whether you did it or you didn't, you know what I'm saying? There's, we're all lacking 
in, 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 in the areas of fundamentals. First thing I would do for my fellow inmates behind bars is to start making our representatives accountable. That's what it is. It, it doesn't start in prisons. I'm sorry. Right. It starts in the world. And our mm -hmm. representatives do not want rehabilitated programs in the prisons in the first place because if they do and they keep people out of prison, what happens? They lose their money. They lose their profits. They lose their control over society. That's why they do not want rehabilitation. That's why they want drug addiction. If it's not illegal drugs, it's prescription drugs. If it's not that, it's sex or violence. They exactly. want the people under their control. So that's the only thing that we could do for our people that are locked up and our people that are free, is to start making our representatives truly represent the people. And we need to start exactly. education in the schools. Children need to know how to cope with life when things are going wrong. What advice would you give to your fellow inmates who also maintain their innocence? What kind of advice would you give them in their struggles? You have to keep writing and reaching out to people. You have to you have to maintain your cool and you have to you have to maintain your integrity. Um, don't get lost into the the norms and behaviors of the penitentiary. I know you got to fit in. You've got to do what you got to do, but you need to keep it on the right side of the line and not the left side. You just have to be strong enough and believe. You have to study. You have to. My best advice to anybody, and there's a lot of people that don't believe in God or just don't like God. But my best advice to anybody is you need to look you need to close your eyes, search with your whole heart, your mind, your soul, all your strength you need to find where you came from and who you came from. And you need to communicate with your creator. And you need to ask him for his help and at the same time you need to show him that you're ready for, to receive that help and you're ready for the results of receiving that help. And once you do that, the doors will open. The, the locks will be unlocked. You'll have the keys to success then because revelation, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding comes from our God. What advice would you give to our young people as to what the reality of prison life actually is? I, I feel, I don't know if I'm the only one that feels this way, but some of the young people romanticize and glorify life in prison like it, it makes them strong it gives them a badge of honor it's actually a goal to work towards is to go do some time in jail or juvie because it makes you tough what what would you tell those young people of what prison like prison life really is like prison life is not what you want to experience. You do not want to go out there and commit offenses. You don't want to hurt people. You don't want to make money the wrong way. You don't want to to, to take shortcuts that are going to end up costing you your freedoms. Prison life is anything unlike what you think it is. There is no respect in prison. There is no tough guys in prison. 
there's plenty of ignorance and there is no reward. Violence, drugs, and sex is nothing to obtain. It's nothing to acquire. The experience is worthless and it's a big waste of time. Awesome advice. Hopefully that'll shake some kid out of their delusion that prison is the place to be. Well, I mean, most most of the time, I mean, if you join a gang, let's say you go to prison and you join a gang, guess what? Now you don't have to worry about the population oppressing you. You have to worry about the gang you just joined oppressing you. Now they want the money off your commissary. Now you have to give them the money off your commissary. You know, you might make, you might spend whatever little money your parents or your friends or your family send you. But guess what? You're not going to get that whole $95 now. Now you've got to kick out 60 of it because you've got a bunch of members that don't make commissary or the leaders got to have money in their, in their lockers. So mm-hmm. going to prison and joining a gang, that's the only thing you think, only thing, only thing we see is, okay, I get the tattoos, I get to walk around with some swagger, I get to be the big badass, beat up other people, nobody can tell me what to do, but your own gang is beating you up. Right. They're the ones raping you. All right. So you stated that when you were released, that one of the first things you would do is hit the music studio. Can you share a sneak peek of one of your songs with us? Something that maybe you've been working on? Yes, yes. This is called How Does a Man. And it starts off like this. And all I heard were lies, lies, lies. On my soul they lied, lied, lied. And I know that they lied, lied, lied. Because it wasn't me. No, no, it wasn't lies, lies, lies. On my soul, they lied, lied, lied. And I know that they lied, lied, lied. Because it wasn't me, no. I'm grateful for this opportunity to be free from the lies. And the deception I was taught to believe as a child. And as I sit here reciting, I realize I've been enlightened by the universe to change lives. It's my time to take flight to supreme heights. Doing things a great king does in God's sight. Leading my people through the hardest days, saving my people that has gone astray. By showing them a better way, using my calling to expose injustice. These crooked laws know I'm coming. I'm not afraid, no fear. I'm strategizing a massive movement, a new American revolution. This is my battle. I prophesy there's nothing gonna stop me. The genesis of a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm speaking into existence everything I've ever seen come to pass through these prophetic visions. George, is, is there anybody that you would like to send a special thanks to? People who have supported you through the struggle, through your wrongful conviction. Is there anybody that you would like to give a shout out to? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Number one, the person I would love to give the biggest shout-out to is my lady, Tamara Parsons. She has been extraordinary and remarkable and phenomenal, outstanding and unbelievable through this whole experience. And I appreciate her with my whole heart and soul. And she has gained a friend 
for the rest of her life. And a friend is the best thing you can have. Even though we're more than that, she is the best friend. She is better than a best friend. She is the greatest friend a man can have. Also, I would like to thank the Innocence Project of Texas. Mr. Michael Ware, who is my attorney out of Fort Worth, Texas. And Mr. Walter Reeves, who was out of Waco, Texas. Um, Miss Patricia Cummings, who was out of Georgetown, who is now the head of the Conviction Integrity. You have one minute left. In Philadelphia. I would like to thank her. And special thanks to Jennifer Lopez and Ellen Victoria Olison No. Thank you guys, especially for helping me deal with this the hardship and difficulty. Thank you guys. I'd like to thank the Texas Forensic Science Commission for their involvement, for Grant Fredericks for his involvement, and I would like to thank the Colleen Police Department and the Bell County District Attorney's Office for for inviting me to share in this wrongful conviction, and I have nothing but love for everybody. I'll see you guys in the future. Thank you very much for Design Conviction, Candace and Cecilia. Thank you guys. I appreciate you for this opportunity. Thank you, George, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Okay, I'll talk to you guys again soon. At the time of this recording, George was still at the Bell County Jail. However, today, September 25th, 2019, George's bond was reduced to 150000 He has posted his bond. He is out with an ankle bracelet and heading home to his fiancée.